the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So, hey, Tiger, what do you think of Trump? For some reason, I don't know, it might be because he's black. Uh, Somebody thought it was a good idea on Sunday to ask Tiger Woods, after he had just finished playing in the Northern Trust Tournament, what he thought of Donald Trump. Uh, So, you know, Tiger was smart enough not to say anything, except that he respects the office. That's pretty much all he would say about it. And, of course, that set the media off because, according to the media, if you're black, at least most of the media, if you're black, you can't possibly have a positive opinion about Donald Trump because Donald Trump is a racist. And, of course, Tiger wasn't really expected to give an honest answer. He was supposed to speak for black people everywhere and, of course, trash Trump. It was okay when LeBron James uh, several weeks ago said he thought Donald Trump was taking us back to slavery uh, most of the media either had their eyes glaze over or nodded in agreement when uh, when LeBron James made that ridiculous statement. And Tiger didn't allow himself to be dragged into a fight he couldn't win. And who knows, he might actually, you know, like Donald Trump, even though he's black. Maybe Tiger likes the lowest black unemployment ever and the huge rise in black business ownership. Maybe he likes that stuff over the last two years. But Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know when, but it was recently... Uh, He was appointed the spokesman for black people everywhere. Uh, He went off on Tiger yesterday on his show called First Take. Well, first of all, we don't know what Tiger Woods believe. He's Cambodian Asian. He's not black. When he got arrested, he was black. He was listed as black on the report. So let's understand that Tiger Woods, that's the issue that the African-American community has always had, because obviously from an historical perspective, you know, if one third of you has a darker hue, a darker pigmentation, you know, the bottom line is you are black and it is that simple. And you, you get it and even one third. I'm just throwing one that eighth. out there. What? One eighth. Exactly. So what I'm saying to you is that. Clearly, you are perceived as being a black man. And even though you didn't want to dis- disassociate yourself from your mother's ethnicity, who was Thai, who was Thai, I believe, the bottom line is, is that that's the reason why he took that position. But black Americans haven't respected that for Tiger for quite some time. They haven't heard Tiger speak on a plethora of issues pertaining to having a social consciousness on many, many occasions. That is something that people have lamented as well. Yeah, they've lamented the plethora of issues he hasn't talked about. So Stephen says Tiger's not black, or if he is black, he sure doesn't think the way all black people, according to Stephen, are supposed to think. Well, his white co-host, Max Kellerman, had to chime in. His intelligence was apparently, uh, I think it was insulted by Tiger refusing to go for the bait. Tiger, if you want to say, I respect this guy, say it. If you want to say you continue to socialize with him or you've socialized or played golf with him in the past or you won't say something negative or you won't stand up, say that because you like him or because you respect him. Say that. Don't try to play this shell game. Yeah, it's a shell game. If he, if he doesn't want to just go for the bait and do what they want him to do, which is to trash Donald Trump or say out loud that he actually likes Donald Trump so that they can bash him for that, um, then then he's he's not doing the media's job for them. They're, they're supposed to – they needed a good sound bite, and Tiger didn't provide it. You know why? Well, I've, I shouldn't say it's a stupid question because I've got some of my best answers from stupid questions. But it was a question that it was an unrealistic expectation to get a good answer from. But anyway, good for Tiger. And I don't know how anybody watches that show, by the way. It's unbearable. Coming up on this show – We're going to talk about Hillary Clinton having courtesy copies of her government emails sent to the Chinese. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers 
offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no-loophole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. windowsruspittsburgh.com. Bodhi Taney, author of the incredible best-selling Zion Chronicles and Zion Covenant series, returns to the setting of Israel in On the Mountain of the Lord. The first book in the new series, The Elijah Chronicles. In On the Mountain of the Lord, Taney teams up with Holy Land history expert Ray Bentley to give her dedicated historical fiction fans a thrilling story set in the world's most sacred and mysterious sites. Come along on a journey from London to the farthest corners of the world with Jack Garrison, a man who has lost his faith after a life altering and devastating event. Jack is sent on a fact-finding mission in Israel and Palestine, where he's attacked by radical Islamic terrorists and is being tracked down by an enemy who wants to stop him from finding the truth that the Bible's prophecy about the nation of Israel and the world's future is true and unfolding before his eyes. Order your copy of Bodhi Taney and Ray Bentley's new book, On the Mountain of the Lord, Elijah Chronicles, at Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, and select Costco stores. This is Dan Proft with 60 Seconds of Sanity for upstream-ideas.com. It's that time of year again. Politicians on your TV screen and in your bail box inundating you with promises they don't intend to keep while under the influence of their misplaced faith and magical words. The kids head back to college to accrue debt they'll finance into their 40s. Comrade Bernie and the socialists have re-released their siren song of tuition-free college. They'll make college debt disappear much like Bernie's dutiful wife Jane made an entire college disappear. Of course, that debt will reappear in the form of increased government taking from you to finance schools your children didn't attend and pensions you won't receive. The socialists are offering a free lunch with you on the menu. Make your own lunch. Not only should you send your kid to a school that promotes free markets, you should apply the fundamental tenet to the financing. Work. One way is through income share agreements like Purdue University's Back a Boiler program, where a student's education is paid for up front and paid back through an agreed-upon percentage of his postgraduate income over a defined term. This aligns the interests and responsibilities of both the student and university. Both want the students to get good-paying jobs at companies or in sectors with upward mobility. Let's make financing a college education a teachable moment for the students and the politician. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trump economics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too. With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, while the media and I assume Robert Mueller are still trying to find a Russian under Lincoln's bed at the White House, there's a more interesting story, at least I think it's a little bit more interesting out there, that might be worthy, I don't know, of a little bit more attention. How about all of Hillary Clinton's emails being hacked by the Chinese, you know, while she was Secretary of State? Richard Pollack of The Daily Caller has that story, and he's with us now. Thanks for being here, Richard. Thank you. So on the surface, I don't know, maybe I'm nuts, but this would seem like a bigger deal than whatever the Russians may or may not have been doing during the 2016 campaign. Well, I think that this is considerably more important. Um, It turns out that uh, the Chinese government ran an intelligence operation out of a Chinese state-owned company that was based in northern Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. And this um, company was able to provide or insert code into Hillary Clinton's private personal email server that was in her home in upstate New York. Uh, As a result of the code that they put in there, according to intelligence sources, um, uh, on a 24-7 basis, uh, the uh, Chinese were able to enter the particular uh, server and they were able to receive in almost real time incoming and outgoing emails that the secretary was preparing 
at that point. So that means, you know, any conversations involving sensitive or classified information, negotiations with uh, heads of state, negotiation strategy with things like the Iranian nuclear deal, uh, arms control issues, any diplomatic initiatives, all of that within minutes was uh, sent to the Chinese. So this would be the equivalent of, say, in 1958 of the... Uh, Chinese or some some enemy of the United States or you know a, non, a non-friendly country um, tapping the office phone of the Secretary of State. Correct. That is a, absolutely a, a perfect analogy. I mean, uh, I, I have another one. I, I'm going to age myself for your audience, but uh, in the 1950s and 60s, when people had telephones, they had either a private line which was then considered very exclusive, or you had a party line where you would share it with several other people and we had a lower expense. Basically, Hillary Clinton had a party line in which the entire Chinese intelligence apparatus was able to eavesdrop on her um, all of her political and uh, diplomatic moves. And uh, and I'm, I'm assuming, I hope, that they that this is something that they found out after the fact. This was not something that they knew was going on as it was going on, or nobody knew, that, or, and uh, uh, please tell me that they weren't ignoring it. No, they weren't ignoring it. In early 2015, after Secretary Clinton had left the State Department, uh, the intelligence community's inspector general, a guy named Charles McCullough, and his staff of investigators had found an anomaly in her email server. Uh, as they dug deeper, they discovered this anomaly was a code that had a malicious code that had been inserted into her system. And this code was able to produce what they call a courtesy copy of each incoming and outgoing email and sending it to a third party, which was this Chinese uh, state-owned company in Virginia. And then they, in turn, sent it back to Beijing. And that is, I mean, that is spectacular ineptitude. I mean... Your Secretary of State, and 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 I'm guessing that these emails, uh, this is all this stuff was happening on her private server that she had in her basement that she made jokes about. Right. I mean, the, there's a, a long history. I've actually written about it, where Hillary uh, had nothing but disdain for national security procedures. She wanted to bring her BlackBerry unsecured uh, phone into the most secure part of the State Department. And the head of security for the State Department told her, no, you can't do it. They, she wanted to go and uh, keep her own uh, email account. They said, no, you can't do it. Well, she continued doing it. Then she created her own email called ClintonEmail.com, and that was the email that went through the server. And it not only was e- emails that went just for her business, but all of her top aides went through the Clinton email system, too. In fact, um, this is why some of them got onto Huma Abedin, which was one of her top aides. Huma Abedin then was using her husband's laptop for some of these uh, emails, and that her husband was Anthony Weiner. Probably your audience remembers Anthony Weiner. And on his laptop, there were tens of thousands of um, Hillary Clinton sensitive emails they were on his uh, on his laptop, along with pornography, I might add. This is something, uh, and we're talking to Richard Pollack of The Daily Caller. This is something that, I, I mean, you're saying this stuff, and I'm, I'm here nodding. And I'm, You're talking about the, the Secretary of State of the United States of America. It sounds like you're talking about uh, somebody's card party or something. I mean... The emails floating around with everybody and nobody worrying about it and ah don't worry about it it's just an email it's the it's the Chinese they who are, well, I think are pretty famous for having stolen some pretty important stuff from the U.S. We you know um, there have been a number of uh, secrets that have been uh, acquired by a variety of different uh, spies or federal and national security officials worked and they turned over uh, some information here and there, some of it which was sent to the classified or, you know, in the national interest. I think that this is perhaps the biggest national security uh, secret uh, or scandal that we've ever come across in the modern presidency. Yeah, and um, Richard, uh, I'm not getting the idea that a lot of people are paying attention to this. Well, so far, the mainstream media has decided to ignore 
you know, about a month ago, Congressman Louis Gomer, in a congressional hearing in which he was uh, interviewing uh, in the hearing Peter Strzok, who was uh, your audience may yeah, be very absolutely. familiar, Peter Strzok. Yeah, sure. So P- Peter Strzok was the top uh, counterintelligence official, the FBI, and Gomer said, um, "I understand you were briefed by the intelligence committee community's uh, inspector general about uh, a breach of Hillary's." Uh, email server in which, in real time, a foreign entity, not Russia, um, was able to gain access to her ser- to her uh, server. And you, Mr. Strzok, were briefed on this on numerous occasions. Do you remember these conversations? And he said, no, I don't remember them at all. Wow. I mean, uh, so that's the first thing. That's what tipped me off that this is a story I ought to pursue. So for the last month, I've been trying to pursue it. I've been talking to lots of different people and trying to get at least two independent intelligent uh, community officials who would confirm that what Congressman Comer was talking about was real. And you, di- and you, you do have sources in your piece. Uh, you, you, you do uh, cite sources within the intelligent uh, com- uh, community there. So uh, this is not something that you you know you're making up based on rumors. You've got sources. I do, and um, in fact, uh, uh, I've gotten some um, uh, calls from members of Congress today who personally said to me, uh, "Thank you very much for uh, reporting this." And I actually got someone else in the intelligence community that also said, "Thank you for bringing you know for writing this." So even after the fact, I'm getting confirmatory information from very key people that um, this story is solid and this is uh, something that should be very worrisome because remember all the initiatives, whether it's the Russian reset under Obama, whether it's uranium nuclear um, uh, negotiations for a nuclear deal, um, the NATO plans, uh, the issues about uh, what we were doing in terms of um, the Ukraine, our policies and negotiation policies with other countries, both friendly and hostile, all of that information, all of it, went through her email, and presumably not only the Chinese, but I believe other hostile foreign governments also were able to uh, tap into her email server and see some of our most, our closest uh, secrets uh, for uh, for the country. And so I just think that this is this is a scandal. I, it may go away because the mainstream media may decide to just forget about it. But this is, from my point of view, uh, I won't tell your audience my age, but I've been around. I was covering Watergate to sort of uh, give you a hint. But yeah. I think this is probably one of the most serious national security breaches that we've ever encountered. And um, and we're talking to Richard Pollack of The Daily Caller. Richard, uh, was today the, the first day that this story showed up on, on at The Daily Caller? Yes, um, and so you're so you've only had a few hours now for for it to kind of um, simmer out there, and you say you've already heard from somebody in the insure, in the uh, intelligence uh, com- community who's uh, confirmed it. Um, where do you think this is going to go? Are you the only guy that has this story, and, and is the Daily Caller the only place where this is? Because the reason I ask that is because if I make reference to something that I and I know you know this, if I make reference to something that I saw on the Daily Caller. There are huge numbers of people, mostly on the left, obviously, who dismiss it as coming from some right-wing rag, and I'm not going to pay any attention to it. Um, well, we're, the, we're, the, we're the only news outlet that actually has broken this story, whether other news organizations are going to advance it, um, probably conservative news organizations. Uh, I don't know, um, but I'm sure that there are other serious investigative reporters who are interested in, in trying to advance the story. This could be the story of the year, quite frankly. We're just, we're, we just are skimming the surface on this. I think that the, this story is a very deep story, and it's a serious one, and so I'm going to continue to stay on it. And I'm sure that there are other conservative investigative reporters who are looking at it. Not so in terms of the liberal or mainstream media. I, I think that they want to talk about other issues like... Um, you know, uh, strippers, Stormy and, uh, Daniels, yeah, and and and, and uh, porno stars and things of that sort. That's what they'd like to talk about. But you know, on a serious issue like this, I don't think we're going to see much. Now, maybe if the story builds, 
they'll be they'll be forced at some point to have to face it. But right now, don't expect any breaking news. You know, it's a, you know, it's amazing about that, Richard. And I agree with you that that's probably going to be the response from most of the media. But this is a sexy story, not sexy in the way that you know Stormy Daniels and the and the Playmate uh, of the Year uh, stories are sexy. I'm talking about if you're a journalist who likes a good story. This is about as sexy as it gets, uh, and and it's a, if if they ignore something as big as this, then they have they have no shame. Well, I think they've lost their shame a long time ago, John. I just want yeah. you to know that. Well, this will be more proof, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, but but this is this is this is truly like you said. If you are a a, a straight laced investigative reporter, you have to say, I have to dive into this. This is just too amazing. And uh, I, I would, I would like that. I'd like to have a, a number of r- reporters competitively working with me. Maybe we can all together really begin to uncover uh, the most important question, which we probably will never know, is what kind of damage assessment is there to the United States national security interests? And that's one thing that I think at this point uh, we don't know, but I think we can surmise that it's substantial. Well, the other question I would ask would be. If it was so easy, this easy for the Chinese to hack into the Secretary of State of the United States of America, and it doesn't seem, I don't get the impression that it took some uh, genius to do this, that, 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 that there aren't uh, lots of people out there with the capability, the, techno, the technological uh, aptitude to do something like this. Then who else's uh, emails were being hacked? If everybody, or did, was Hillary the only one who who was that lax and 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 just didn't care about security? Well, first of all, if she had used a state.gov email, she would have been pretty much fully protected. Although not a hundred percent. You may, and your audience may recall that a number of years ago, um, millions of um, federal workers who are. Uh, whose names were being held by the Office of Personnel Management, OPM, that that whole system had been hacked. And again, I believe it's by uh, some Chinese authorities. So it's not 100% sure if you're using a federal government system, but i got to tell you, it's much more secure than the kind of really amateur system that she had. I quoted one person this morning in my article who uh, said that a 14-year-old from Canada probably could have hacked her uh, server. It was just absolutely so poor in terms of. Uh, he called it security hygiene. That's what I. That's what I meant. It's. It just doesn't seem like it's anything was all that complicated. Um, I got a couple minutes left here. I just need to ask you. And you seem like you've been around for a while. You say you covered Watergate. So you've been around a long time. Um, what has happened to the media that there would be any question that that, that seeing a story like this would. Uh, cause them to just want to pounce all over it and and create a frenzy and become the person who does the best job on this story. What's happened that that there would not be everybody interested in this? Well, um, I will tell you that at one point in my life, I was actually a liberal. Okay, and I was a liberal. I was a liberal journalist, and so I I was with a lot of my fellow liberal journalists. And um, around the 1970s, there was a new kind of theory about journalism, and they actually called it new journalism. And that was, we shouldn't report just what happens. We should insert our own point of view and our own values and say how we think it actually happened. So if there's a car crash, we don't just say we say it's a car crash. We go and we add our own input into it, our own values. And this was the slippery slope that a lot of journalists took to begin to say, I'm not just going to report it, but I'm going to report it in terms of my political uh, vantage wow. point. And, what, and one of the things that they did is they said, we are agents of social change in America. You know, they're talking about the civil rights right. movement, the women's movement, things of this sort, that they had an agenda of social change. And so they saw their work not just simply to report the news, but to change society itself in their own vision. Richard, and Richard, so what I, happened, I'm against a hard yeah. break, and I'm out of time. I really appreciate you having on. I'm sure I want to have you on again. Thanks. Thank you, John. Okay. Bye-bye. We'll be back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The owner of a Texas company that makes untraceable 3D-printed guns says he has begun selling the blueprints through his website to anyone who wants to make one. 
despite a federal court order barring him from posting the plans online. Cody Wilson, who owns the company, says the court order has brought him a lot of publicity. All that's happened here because of this judge's order is perhaps a doubling or tripling of the valuation of my own company, of our economic power and our ability to deliver files to these people. The name of our company is Defense Distributed. Uh, I see nothing but the ability to totally fulfill the objective contained in the name of my organization. Wilson says he's already received some 400 orders for the blueprints. He said he'll sell the plans for as little as a penny to anyone in the U.S. who wants them. On Wall Street, the up by 14 points. The Nasdaq rose 12. The S&P advanced one. Crude oil down to 68.53 a barrel. This is SRN News. Pat Boone here again for Relief Factor, the company that's helping thousands of people, just like my wife Shirley and me, deal with all kinds of occasional aches and pains. For years, Shirley struggled with her neck and her shoulder pain kept her from sleeping through the night. A lot of people, just like Shirley, struggle with aches and pains due to aging or exercise. Why don't you order the three-week quick start? It's now only $19.95, and let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Mike Gallagher sees more and more evidence of a corrupt media. Oh! ICE arrested a man who was trying to take his pregnant wife to the hospital to give birth. They found out he's wanted for murder. (laughs) And as soon as they found out he's a murder suspect, the story, it just vanished. If you want an example of a corrupt news media, here it is. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. If only Allegheny County's poor performing school districts had more money, they could deliver better academic results, right? Sorry, but no, as a recent study by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy shows. The arguments about inequitable and inadequate funding largely are a diversionary tactic to avoid discussing real solutions to address grossly deficient academic achievement. Learn more about this school funding red herring at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking has been challenged since 1995. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever-changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices. Say hello to a whole new world. Visit CampingWorldOfPittsburgh.com. It either is or it isn't. When it comes down to it, that's all that really matters when choosing a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. It's either certified by Mercedes-Benz factory trained technicians, or it isn't. It's either backed by an unlimited mileage warranty for up to five years, or it isn't. It's absolute confidence in 30,000 precision parts, or it isn't. The Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned sales event, now through August 31st, only at your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. Come in today and take advantage of first month's payment credit and special financing offers available through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. There are those who settle for nothing less. For them, the choice is simple. It's either up to Mercedes-Benz standards or it isn't. It's flawlessly maintained or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned or it isn't. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on first month's payment credit and certified pre-owned warranties. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Levy volume slowing you down on the outbound Parkway East. It's pretty solid. Boulevard of the Allies out to Edgewood Swissvale. Inbound heavy Edgewood Swissvale to the tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West not doing that badly. Delays on northbound 79 Mountain Eber Road up to 910. Outbound 28 heavy Chestnut Street to the Highland Park Bridge. Inbound side slow approaching the Highland Park Bridge where an earlier crash was cleared. Outbound 51 slow Edgebrook Avenue to Library Road. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Mostly clear skies for tonight. It'll be a warm, sticky night, low 73. Tomorrow, partly sunny, very warm and humid, high 87. We'll turn out mostly cloudy tomorrow night. 
A shower or a thunderstorm will be around low 67. Then more clouds than sunshine for Thursday. Not as warm, but still humid. With a shower or a thunderstorm, high 76. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. There aren't many things I despise more than taxes. Uh, I especially despise the income tax because uh, I don't think how much money we make or have should be any of the government's business. And I hate sales taxes a lot less because at least, uh, you know, with that, I have some control over whether I get hit with them. I cannot buy the product if I think the tax is too high. But what I really hate are taxes that the government says are they, they, they put in because it's for our own good and not as much about tax as they are about controlling our behavior. Like the sugar tax, I've seen a lot of stories lately about governments putting a tax on sugar drinks, mostly pop, what we call it here in Pittsburgh, uh, soda. They did it in uh, Philadelphia, but it hasn't come to Pittsburgh yet, although the Post-Gazette did run an editorial a little while ago saying that it was a good idea, and they pointed to Philadelphia as a good example of why we should do it here in Pittsburgh. Catherine Lowhead is a state tax policy analyst at the Tax Foundation. Catherine, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Don. So are there fewer fat people in Philadelphia since they put in the sugar tax? (laughs) Well, what we've seen is that the soda tax does not reduce obesity rates. Uh, It just shifts consumer behavior. We've actually seen more people buying beer as a result of the soda tax um, because soda has gotten less expensive than beer in Philadelphia. And and there is a a state tax on beer. And how does that compare to this this, uh, sugar tax? As far as the, the uh, how much it's how much the tax is, Philadelphia soda tax is one and a half cents per ounce. So that's twenty four times higher than Pennsylvania's tax on beer, which is only eight cents a gallon. You know, maybe I'm crazy, uh, Catherine, but you know, if I were the governor of Pennsylvania and I had the power to control people's behavior just by little things like what I decided to put taxes on and how much the taxes are. Call me crazy, but I might try to get them to quit drinking beer. Because, you know, when people drink a, a, a bottle of pop, what's we call it pop here in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh, Catherine. So if I say that, <laughs> I, so you know what we're talking about. Uh, I, I don't know. Just call me crazy. I'd rather, have, I'd rather discourage people from drinking beer because if you drink a couple of uh, Pepsis or Cokes, you're probably not going to run into me on the highway. Well, what we're seeing here is the government trying to influence behavior, and they're trying to reduce pop consumption while at the same time raising revenue from pop or soda consumption. And those are competing objectives. Uh, What are they really trying to do, raise money for pre-K or influence behavior here? Uh, That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, These taxes that – and these come up all the time – when they when they put in a tax to prevent behavior, like a tax on cigarettes, for example, they are they are trying to keep they they claim that they want you to smoke less, smoke fewer cigarettes, but for the tax to be effective, it's better for the government if you smoke more cigarettes. So it, it's it's kind of a conflict, isn't it? It is absolutely. So why are diet drinks with no sugar also taxed? Yeah, Philadelphia is one of the. Uh, cities that does include diet beverages in their sugar-sweetened beverage tax. And so that even includes 100% natural fruit juices. And it's pretty weird because in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania as a whole, uh, fruit juices in many cases are tax-exempt groceries. There's not even a sales tax on a lot of juices. But if you're in Philadelphia and you buy a juice that's less than 100% natural, it's subject to the soda tax and taxed punitively like like a soda. And um, and what was the revenue supposed to be used for? Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't want to come out and say it was to change people's behavior. They wanted to make it look like, maybe maybe sincerely wanted to, uh, more were more interested in raising money than they were in reducing the size of people. Right. Well, supporters of this tax like to say that it generates revenue and that the ancillary benefit is that it reduces consumption and causes people to make healthier choices at the same time. But like you said, those are competing objectives. And what are you really trying to do? Are you trying to generate revenue or are you trying to 
cause people to make healthier choices or change the amount of soda consumption they are taking in. Um, so in this case, um, it seems like those are competing objectives. But what did they? What was the revenue supposed to be used for, and has that been effective? I mean, have they raised money to to for whatever it is they're supposed to be raising the money for? It was supposed to go to pre-K education. In reality, only about 49% of that of soda tax revenue is actually being used for pre-K programs. And since it's such a narrow tax, pre-K programs aren't getting the revenue they need. Uh, what they should really be doing is generating, using a more broad-based tax to fund programs like pre-K that need to be around for a while and um, they need a stable source of revenue. Talking to Catherine Lowhead, she's a state tax policy analyst at the Tax Foundation. So um, how about employment in the pop industry, in the soda industry? Has it, uh, what has it done for the people who actually sell this stuff? We've seen, unfortunately, a lot of layoffs. Uh, in the area, Coca-Cola had to downsize by about 40 positions, Pepsi had to lay off about 80 to 100 workers as a result of this tax. Um, we're seeing some ec- some economic harm there and real harm to the people impacted by that job loss. And, and so, that, of course, that means that those people who work for the for the uh, companies they're sitting around not working, getting fat. But I guess that doesn't matter. But what, what about pop sales? That uh, they actually. They, they. I saw one. I think it was on uh, the Tax Foundation's report that the the uh, pop sales are down fifty percent. That doesn't make sense. That must mean people are going somewhere else to buy their pop. Right. You see people venturing outside the city limits to buy their soda, but in many cases they'll go outside the city limits to buy their groceries if they plan to buy soda as part of their groceries. Um, so you see people shifting their consumption. You see people. Uh, deciding to buy a 12-pack of beer instead of a 12-pack of soda because beer is cheaper. So, uh, and you, you do this. You I mean, you're the, you're the state uh, tax analyst at the Tax Foundation. Uh, why are politicians always shocked when people do everything they can to avoid a tax, like what you just mentioned, leaving town to buy, a, a, you know, a six-pack of Pepsi? <laughs> You know, in many cases, it just seems like uh, people are turning to whatever revenue they can find, and um, sometimes it turns out to be not the wisest choice, uh, and there are unintended consequences to to high taxes on a narrow base of products, like with the soda tax. Well, as I said, there was a uh, the uh, Pittsburgh has not done it yet, and and this is a. This is a city tax in Philadelphia, so obviously it's not statewide. It's just within the city limits of Philadelphia. But where else has this uh, been tried, and has it really, has it really been, has it really delivered the benefits that the politicians promised in any of these places? Well, there are eight cities that have done it currently. There have been two other cities since Philadelphia that have enacted their own soda taxes. A lot of them are in California. Um, Cook County tried to do it for a while, but they had to repeal it. So you're seeing kind of similar effects in the cities that have tried this. Um, A lot of them aren't quite getting the bang for their buck that they thought they would. And Seattle and San Francisco, uh, uh, I I, I can't remember. I think the reason I wanted to get you on today was because I saw somewhere that some, and I, I was so early today that in the middle of all my preparation here, I forget where it was, uh, there's there's some place that's just uh, trying to introduce it now. Is it, is it, or is it Seattle that's the most recent to try it? Uh, there's been some talk about uh, different proposals in California. Um, I'm not sure exactly which one you yeah. have seen now, but it's a proposal popping up all over, not just in the U.S. You see this in the U.K. as well. And what is the what's the next thing that they're going to go after after sugar? <laughs> That's a very valid question. It, you know, it makes you wonder um, when the tax is used to influence behavior or um, when sugar is kind of treated as 
the culprit here. Who knows what might be taxed? See, I, I've come uh, up. Will it be trans fat? <laughs> yeah, I could. Well, yeah. There's. I think that there's already a tax on that somewhere, isn't there? Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I came up. I mean, I think I could come up with a pretty quick list of things. I thought of uh, possibly texting. Just put it like a, a one per, one cent tax on every time somebody sends a text because. You know, they're worried about people texting while they're driving and people are texting and they walking down the street and walk into walls. Uh, it would be beneficial to everybody's mental health if people texted less and think of all the money we could raise. <laughs> you don't think that's a good that idea, is. do you? <laughs> to me, it's no dumber than, than taxing people for going out and, you know, I mean, ridiculously raising the taxes on things like uh pop and and it's not just pop it's it's uh sweet tea anything that has sugar in it any drink that has sugar in it right exactly it captures all beverages that are a hundred percent that are not 100 percent natural juice and that's most juices um in some instances it applies to pedialyte and it applies to sports beverages like propel in philadelphia a 12 pack of propel was more expensive than a 12-pack of beer. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, Rendell wasn't the governor when they put this in, was he? Um, I mean, he, no, he's a Philadelphia guy, and I, I don't think he was the governor, or uh, and he wasn't involved in it at all. He was governor, so it's a city thing. But I was just thinking right, of, right. Uh, he was a little on the chubby side, so he, he would have had a tough time selling this, I think. You know? I think, I think Ed might have put down a couple of, I don't know, a couple of, Pepsi's in his day. Hey, I, I appreciate you being on, Catherine, and uh, I hate these kind of taxes, but I know it's not the end. It's only the beginning. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's Catherine Lowhead of the Tax Foundation. We thank her, and we're going to be back and tell you about a guy that the Pitt football program and people in Pittsburgh who are Pitt football fans should be really proud of. We'll be right back. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes? Did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us 
Plus offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no loophole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM 1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. People come in with health concerns, and we try to address those at the root cause. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice, and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice, I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical-based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. Just an example, if you have heartburn, there's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn. And some of those reasons can be not enough hydrochloric acid, where traditional medicine blocks that. And as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. A lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today. The Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills. 888-865-9595. 888-865-9595. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I covered a lot of teams and a lot of different players, coaches, managers uh, in my uh, 40 years or more of uh, working in the sports media here in Pittsburgh. And no player I ever covered was ever more impressive than a kid named Larry Fitzgerald. And... Um, he was a receiver at Pitt, if you're not a sports fan. Uh, he's also the best catcher of a football I have ever seen. Uh, we might have a discussion about whether he's the best receiver. I've never seen anybody better at catching a football. And he was a great kid the minute he showed up on the Pitt campus. He's been in the NFL for, I think, 12 or 13 years. He was the number one pick. He's made millions of dollars. When he scores a touchdown, there's no dance. There's no uh, game of hide-and-seek. Um, he hands the ball to the official, um, and he's going to speak now at John McCain's uh, funeral. At the, uh, it'll be on Thursday at the uh, U.S. Capitol, um, and here's the thing about Fitzgerald. He, he was asked to do this by John McCain, who he became friends with. He plays for the, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, uh, Fitzgerald does, and uh, McCain, well, I'll let, you, I'll let Larry tell you what happened, then I'll get back to it. I went up to visit him uh, probably two months ago, and I was out as I was leaving. Cindy was drove me back to my transportation to get back down to the valley, and she to, she told me what the senator's wishes were, and and I was I was really taken back by that, and um, you know it's, it's truly one of the greatest honors of my life to be able to talk about somebody who has served this country so passionately and, and been so dedicated to. The policies of, the, of this nation, um, you know. So I, I was really taken back by it. How do you accurately be able to give somebody their due due justice? You know, who served the United States for sixty plus years. I mean, dedicated his entire life. I mean, you think about the sixty plus years of everything he's done, from his time served as a POW to all the years in Senate, the things he's done here for the great state of Arizona, and to be able to do that in you know five or six minutes is extremely difficult, but I'm going to do the best I can and uh, you know, trying to honor him for the, for the wonderful man he is. Well, uh, you know, whatever you think of John McCain, whatever your politics are, this is a uh, guy who is a little bit more impressive than, well, he's a very impressive guy. Uh, you know, when you think about some of these guys who are uh, having their pictures taken at strip clubs and um, all the stuff that goes on with uh, so many NFL players. Uh, this is a guy who was asked by someone, the stature of John McCain, to speak at his funeral. And here's, a, here's what makes Larry Fitzgerald different. He didn't just like John McCain. McCain invited uh, Fitzgerald to go on a tour of the U.S. Capitol a while back, and he found out, you know, he, he learned what McCain's story was. Fitzgerald went to Vietnam and visited the site where McCain's plane was shot down. That was back in 1967. And he went to the jail cell where McCain was held as a prisoner of war for uh, like six years. And he says, I took a photo of myself next to his flight suit, the suit he was wearing when he got shot down. Uh, That's what he wrote last year in Sports Illustrated. So powerful, so meaningful, those images will never leave my mind. This is a kid, not a kid anymore, he's in his 30s. 
But from the day uh, that everybody he came on the scene and and everybody in the media met him, just an absolute great kid, and he's turned into a great adult and a great representative of the NFL. Sports only needs a couple of thousand more guys like Larry Fitzgerald. Just a, a great story, and he will be speaking at uh, John McCain's services in um, at the Capitol on Thursday. So I wanted to make sure that you heard uh, about that and heard from Larry Fitzgerald. And one other thing before I go, I have a little bit of time left here. Um, there's a story here in uh, you know on college campuses. There's a lot of talk about whether kids should be allowed to have. Uh, be able to carry concealed weapon you know because there have been shootings on college campuses and there are gun-free zones and people who like to shoot multiple people tend to go to gun-free zones this is uh from our friends at the college fix a girl named uh, a college student named victoria uh snitzar my jaw dropped recently as i read the nine-page syllabus for an online history class i enrolled in for the fall semester at the university of kansas she says two full pages of the document include arguments against the Second Amendment and chide students who support the university's concealed carry policy or take advantage of it. But then at the end of this uh, thing, she, this guy writes, What's more, Professor Eric Roth of the History and East Asian Studies Departments also informs students in the syllabus. This is the syllabus for the class. With guns allowed on campus, I no longer feel safe having visitors in my office, so instead of in personal office hours, I am available for consultation via email or Skype on the hours indicated above and by appointment. Should you wish to meet in person, the appointment will be at a secure or public location of my choosing, but not my office. Now just think about this is a call. Just think about how stupid this is. He thinks that because now that there's a that there's it's not against the law to have a concealed weapon that it increases his chances of some lunatic coming in and shooting him. If some lunatic has it in his mind, he's going to come in and shoot his professor because he didn't get the grade he should have gotten on the uh, history of uh, an East Asian studies uh, test. Do you think that the fact that there was no uh, concealed carry permit allowed, uh, available for for kids on the campus, that the kids still wouldn't come in and shoot you? You'd be better off to have a gun in your desk in case a lunatic comes in and wants to shoot you. (laughs) Again, the amount of stupidity per square inch on the college campuses these days is astounding. Might be more per square inch than any place on the planet Earth. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.